-hmm. And I said, okay, well, if I can make an impact by making a save and help the middies run a little bit harder, the defensemen play a little bit harder, those attackmen maybe go that extra mile, I'll do it. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show 100% dedicated to the best position in sports, if you ask me. That is the lacrosse goalie. And on this show, it's my job to track down the best goalies in our sport, tease out the details of what makes them so great. This is the episode I've been waiting for a long, long time. Actually, in 2021, I made a list of the top five goalies that I wanted to interview that year. Number one on that list is my guest for this episode. It's Tillman Johnson. We couldn't make it happen in 2021, but here we are in 2022, and it was worth the wait. Tillman Johnson inspired an entire generation of lacrosse goalies. He showed us the true power of the goalie position. In 2003, in the national championship game, really the whole tournament, but in the national championship game, when he played lights out, he's making save after save, pumping up his team and winning the national title for Virginia, along with tournament MVP honors. And suddenly, middies and attackmen and defense, they all wanted to be the goalie. So many goalies that I've interviewed for this podcast mention that performance as the reason that they wanted to be the goalie and the reason that they trained so hard to excel at this awesome position. Tillman opens up the hood on some of his techniques, and it's just an amazing conversation. I know you're going to love it. He's a legend of the goalie position. So ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this conversation with Tillman Johnson. Hey everyone, it's Coach Damon here. And before we get started with this podcast with Tillman, I want to let you know about an amazing opportunity. So right after this podcast, I asked Tillman if he had done, if he had ever done any virtual lacrosse goalie coaching. And he said, no, he hadn't, but he was really interested. So here's what we've come up with. The Tillman Johnson two-day live lacrosse goalie coaching mini camp. Oh man, I'm so pumped for this event. Tillman is going to teach us his fundamentals. Okay. Now we're going to do this as a fundraiser for the national multiple sclerosis society. So many don't know this, but just three years after Tillman's legendary performance in 2003, when he won the national championship, 2006, his sister was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So he's seen firsthand the physical and the emotional pain that people fighting this disease have to go through. And raising money and helping people with MS is a cause near and dear to his heart. So proceeds of this live mini camp that we're putting on are going to go directly to the National MS Society. So proceeds are going to go to a great cause and Tillman is going to open up the hood, lift the hood on his fundamentals. Never been done before. A lot of people don't know this, but 
in addition to being a legend of the goalie position, Tillman is also an elite coach. So he has coached numerous Division I goalies, goalies who have gone on to play at the highest levels, including Nick Morocco, who played at Georgetown and also just had an amazing season with the Cannons. Tillman's coached goalies that have gone on to play at Harvard, uh, Dartmouth, Boston University, Princeton, just, just to name a few. So he's, in addition to being a great goalie, he's an elite coach. And he's going to, like I said, lift up the hood and teach us his fundamentals. So what exactly are we going to learn? Tillman actually sent me a list. I'm just going to read it. All right, listen to this. The Tillman Johnson Pyramid of Success. The fundamental technique for each save, one-on-ones, how to make the game, those game-changing saves, clearing techniques, big eyes, Tillman's special technique for intense focus, pregame preparation and how to get in the zone, Tillman's muscle memory drills, communication to lead the defense, and then technical things like pipe-to-pipe play, playing the ball behind, and rebound control. This is going to be amazing. So we're going to run this as a two-day live event. February 15th and Thursday, February 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern, both days, live event, live goalie coaching with Tillman Johnson. He's going to cover those topics I just mentioned. If you cannot attend live, don't worry. You're going to get access to the recording, lifetime access to the recording, so you can watch it anywhere, anytime that you want. You're also going to get access to Tillman's slides and um, any videos that he uses to demonstrate these techniques or drills. And we're also going to do a uh, Q&A at the end of each session. So you can ask Tillman those questions that have been on your mind. It's going to be an amazing event. Remember, proceeds go to the National MS Society. For the first time ever, Tillman Johnson doing a live training event. So valuable, such valuable stuff. It's unbelievable. Worth hundreds of dollars if you ask me. But obviously, if you know me, we want to get as many goalies in here as possible. So for just 49 bucks, we're going to get a ticket to this event. And remember, proceeds go to the National MS Society. To get your ticket, you're going to want to go to laxgoalierat.com slash Tillman, T-I-L-L-M-A-N, laxgoalierat.com slash Tillman. If you're watching this on YouTube, there'll be a link right down below. Get your ticket, just 49 bucks, laxgoalierat.com slash Tillman. I don't know about you, but I'm really pumped for this event. Hope to see you there February 15th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Take care. Well, it is an honor to welcome to the show one of the goalie greats. It's Tillman Johnson. Tillman, welcome. How are you doing? Thanks, Damon. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. I know we've been trying to make this happen for a while, and I'm so glad we were able to do it. Uh, it's such a blast. Such a, such a blast to talk goalie with one of the greats, but I always start the uh, podcast by asking, do you remember the very first time you jumped into goal? I do. I started lacrosse when I was about four years old and I started as a midfielder. And I remember in our town, they needed a goalie to hop in and I decided to give it a shot and I fell in love with it. Uh, I just felt like it was a position where you can make an impact right out of the gate. And for whatever reason, I wasn't afraid of the ball, which I think at that age, that younger age is pretty unique. And I think the coaches saw that in me and really promoted the fact that I could be a good goalie. You know, it's tough to get young goalies at a young age to, to hop in there. 
And I think if you can overemphasize how important the position is, which they did, that it, it makes it a little bit more exciting. And I was drawn ever since. And so I think I was about six years old when I got in the cage. Wow. That's, that's such an interesting attribute, not to be scared of the ball, because everybody's scared of the ball, right? Like you got, yeah. this, you got this rubber thing coming at you and you're not wearing much padding. It, was it from other sports? Like what, what, how do you think, why, why do you think you were not scared of the ball? You know, and I don't really know. It just, it, it's one of those things where I think when the ball hit me, I got this adrenaline boost that it was more excitement than pain. It was, mm-hmm. it, it's just one of those things. It was just a, a, a different feeling. And I felt like that being in the cage, I don't know, maybe I didn't feel like running as much at an early age. I don't know what the exact reason was so long ago, but I do remember not being afraid. And I remember realizing that it was such an important position on the field and that I felt like I was in control of the game mm-hmm. and it just drew me in. Yeah. So. What, what did the, what did the coaches say to you or like, what did they do to make you feel like goalie was such an important position? Cause I agree it is. And I think a lot of youth coaches underemphasize the importance, right. And, and, and do not, you know, make the goalie feel special. And so yeah. a lot of people don't like the position uh, cause they're not getting those highs, but I'm curious what your coaches did or said that made you feel that way. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough. I had a coach, Nick Callis. I think he played at Penn uh, and he was with me through my entire youth career. I was good friends with his son and he was a goalie and he knew the position and he was this passionate coach who just really loved the game and loved coaching kids. And I'll never forget he would overemphasize to everyone just the importance of the position and make you feel like you're a king mm-hmm. as a goalie. Mm-hmm. And, and I, he knew the game, so I was learning from him. So it wasn't like a lot of youth program where they just throw the kid in the net and they don't teach. I was actually learning the game from someone who played, who was my coach all through the youth level. So huge advantage to me as a goalie, being able to learn proper position, being able to learn the stepping to the ball, making the fundamental save and having this coach who just really made me feel important. It it, it was what made me, I am today. I mean, without him, I don't think I would have stuck with goalie probably. So yeah, a lot of it to him. That's awesome. So I was going to ask like how you learned the position. It sounds like it was, you know, a lot from him. Now is that like one-on-one or he would, would you stay with him after practice and he'd kind of break down the, the ins and outs? Yeah. So, I mean, he would run his practice like a normal practice, but would always spend the first 10 to 15 minutes warming me up and then Mm -hmm. would throughout the practice, give me tips, things to work on. Um, You know, I grew up in Annapolis, Maryland, where lacrosse is king there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like football in Texas, Maryland, as as everyone knows, is one of the hotbeds. And so as a kid growing up, lacrosse was my everything. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a college player at the University of Virginia and having this coach that could help give me the tools to get there just made it, in my mind, attainable, potentially, at a later date. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, being in Annapolis, you know, I had Charlie Toomey, who's the Loyola coach. I would go to his clinics. He would do clinics at the community college. And I, and I would just try to grasp all the knowledge of players in the area by either watching the game, go walking over to the Naval Academy, where I grew up and just watching these players play and try to incorporate into my own game. But really at the end of the day, my youth coach throughout the, you know, my career helped give me the basic fundamentals and then they were just fine tuned over time. Yeah. So you knew from a very young age that you wanted to play at Virginia. That was it, man. I tell you, that was, (laughs) that was the school I always wanted to go to. 
Um, I just, what was the connection started, there? <clears throat> one of my neighbors actually played. I had a neighbor who played at, at Virginia, Perry Frazier. Then I had another neighbor, Hiley Thompson, who played at Princeton. And so I'd always loved both the schools and something about Virginia. I don't know what it was. I just had, was always drawn to it. Um, mm -hmm. So between both of them, Princeton and, and Virginia were always my top schools that I'd always considered. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so who were there any college goalies around that time when you were growing up or maybe when you were in high school that you kind of looked up, I don't know, looked up to kind of enjoyed watch watching play? Definitely. Scott Batchgalupo for me was it. Uh, I love that guy. I'll never forget. I think it was 92. I went to the final four. My neighbor, Hiley Thompson was on the team and I went to go actually watch him and I saw him play and I'll never forget it. I mean, he had his sweatpants rolled up. I think he had a wooden shaft. <clears throat> um, I remember at the end of the game, he made this terrible clearing pass and, you know, Syracuse came back and scored and it put it into overtime. And then he made some unbelievable saves in overtime and just his, his flair, his passion for the game, his quick hands and feet. I tried to emulate it, you know? So as a kid, I'd be in the backyard pretending like I'm Scott Batchgalupo. I wore my sweats the same way. I had a wooden shaft I threw on my stick and I pretended I was him and uh, really looked up to him. You know, I really looked up to him as a player. I tried to emulate my game after him. That's awesome. Um, I had him on the podcast, Tillman, and he told the story of him doing that flub uh, at the at the yeah. end of the national championship game. And I, I cut the story to the actual game clips. I'll send it to you. It's, uh -huh. it's, it's a really uh -huh. amazing story. He does a good job yeah. telling it. I love it. So, yeah. So he's got an interesting style of goalie play in that like he's really he's like really upright in his stance. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, is that kind of how would you describe your style of goalie play? Yeah, so I think as a kid, when I was watching him, I would try to emulate his flair, his quick hands, his acrobatic saves. But my style in terms of stance, positioning in the net, it evolved, it changed. Mm -hmm. You know, so I look at my, you know, my stance. I'm not an upright goalie. I, I just am not. I'm, I, I bend my knees till the heels come off the ground. I try to keep my chest, knee and toe on a straight line and really be in an athletic stance, almost like a football linebacker. Um, so my position isn't upright. Uh, it, it's not exactly emulated to his game, but I took bits and pieces of his game and tried to incorporate it into my own. Yeah. Love it. One thing that's a huge part of your game, just in watching the tape, you know, is just that, is that energy. Um, you make a save and you're like, you know, you're, 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 you, you, you're letting people know about it, right? You're getting into it, you're getting pumped up. Yeah. And I'm curious is, I mean, was that, you know, was the, was the fourth grade Tillman the same way or, or is that something you kind of built up as, as you got more confidence? Great, great question. And I can tell you, I, I've taken a lot of heat for this and I hope people that listen don't take it as arrogance because uh, it wasn't, it was never portrayed that way by me. It was to get my team fired up. It was yeah. to make a difference. And it really was, incorporated into my style my freshman year. I was a freshman playing at Virginia starting. And Chris Colbeck, we were down at Florida at the ACC tournament. <clears throat> and after dinner, we walked onto the field and we were talking and he said, I need you to have that excitement, that flair, that fist pump you do, because it gets the team fired up. It helps motivate the team. <clears throat> and I took it to heart. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, if I can make an impact by making a save and help the middies run a little bit harder, the defensemen play a little bit harder, those attackmen maybe go that extra mile, I'll do it. Uh, so it never was 
meant to come off as arrogance or as, you know, shoving it in the other team's face because I made a save. It was to try to help motivate the guys around me and really get the team uplifted. So if I could do that by making a one-on-one save, I was going to do it. If I could do it by pumping my fist after the save to get my defenseman fired up, I was going to do it because if Mm -hmm. they're fired up, they make my life so much easier. You know, I'm not successful if it's not for the guys in front of me. So that was the whole reason behind it. Totally. Yeah, totally. hundred percent agree. I've had a lot of goalies on the podcast and some of them talk about like this even keel approach where like they don't get too high and then they don't get too low. And to me, I've never, um, I've never like agreed with that because like when you get high and you get pumped up, there's nothing wrong with that. I guess, I guess the, the drawback is they feel like if they, if they showed that emotion, they would then get too low when they gave up goals. And so question for you is, did, did you ever go through that? Did you ever, you know, experience some intense lows when you had like a slump? No question. I mean, listen, we do this game and play this game because it's fun, right? At the end of the day, you know, I love the game of lacrosse. And when I made a save, it was enjoyable for me. I was really having fun on that field. So I'm not going to sit back and and hold it back. My excitement, my joy uh, of making a good play and and hopefully helping the team win. Um, So I think being even keeled is important. I think you don't want to go into these super high and super lows, but I also think you need to enjoy what you're doing out there and you need to show your emotion and have fun. And because it is a game and it's supposed to be enjoyed and it's supposed to be fun for you playing and your teammates around you, you know, the lows, Definitely. We all have lows. We all have lows. We all have bad games. You know, I'll never forget. I think it was 2002. We were playing Syracuse at home. It was, I think the second, second or third game of the season. And it was a great game. We were playing great. The team was playing unbelievable and I couldn't make a save. I couldn't, couldn't see the ball just felt off. I just never could get into the rhythm. And I think I ended the game with four saves Mm-hmm. Worst performance I ever had in college. And we lost by two goals. I mean, I was at the lowest point of the low in my playing right there. I just, I felt like I let my team down. I felt like I let the school down. And I remember, you know, the only way to get out of a low is to bounce back, have a short memory and figure out what you could have done better. And so I'll never forget that week. I you know stayed before practice, got to practice early, stayed after got extra shots and really tried to emphasize what went wrong in that game and how to fix it for the next. In the next game, I think I had a pretty good game. Um, You know, it wasn't my best, but I was definitely in a slump early in the season. And I think that's probably true for a lot of goalies. The first couple of games are tough because Mm -hmm. you're trying to get into that rhythm. You're trying to get used to the speed of the game. It doesn't matter how many practices you have before it's, it's, different in a game scenario. So those first couple of games in the season were always tougher for me to really get in that zone and, and have my outstanding games. They usually ended, ended up coming later in the season. So. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about the 2003 season. Um, but what, so when you're analyzing that tape and you're like, let me analyze what I did wrong. What are you seeing? Is it like I'm off on my positioning? Is it like I'm guessing? Is it I'm just I'm just not picking up the shots? Is it something something else? What what do you you know what ended up being the 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 analysis? Curious. Yes. So I think if you look at any goalie, you know I always focus on the stance. How my how am I standing in the cage? Mm-hmm. My positioning in the cage, um, and how I'm stepping to the ball. Those are mm-hmm. my three key things that I really focus on out of the gate. My position's off. I don't care how good of a goal you are. You're not going to make the save. It's, you're not in the right position. You want to be balanced left to right in the net. Um, so I would look at that. And then I'd look at 
just like you said, am I guessing? Am I really truly tracking the ball into my stick or am I dropping to my knees? Am I jumping up and trying to get a piece of it with my body? So break it down. And then I'd look at the shooter, right? What did the shooter do when he scored? Uh, did his hands drop and I drop? Did, did I stay high? What did I do and how could I have corrected that to read the save better coming out of the eyes of a stick? Uh, so, you know, I really just look at the overall game and, and see where could I have made that next save to maybe get the W, right? I don't need 20 saves, but if I had had six saves or seven saves, could that have been the difference in a win versus a loss? And where did I miss out on those? So Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Makes total sense. Going back to your story. So um, you know, you're playing high school lacrosse, I guess some club <clears throat> lacrosse and you know, how does you got this dream to go to Virginia? Um, how does, how does it all take place? How does it unfold? Yeah. So my story was pretty unique. And the fact that everyone thinks, oh, you, you started all four years of high school, you, you know, you went to college and played all four years. It, it wasn't like that for me. Um, I grew up in Annapolis. I went to St. Mary's High School in Annapolis, Maryland, which has a great tradition of lacrosse. Has put a lot of players into D1 programs. And when I got there, uh, Chris Garrity, who played for Penn State and then played in the MLL for a while, was a year older than me and had earned the starting spot and was a great goalie, great friend of mine, great goalie, great friend. And we competed all through the youth level, even though he was a year old, we still competed. And my sophomore year of high school, freshman year, I was on JV, sophomore year of high school, uh, I was on varsity and Chris earned that starting spot. And I was sitting on the bench midway through the season. Uh, coach gave me a shot, put me in and I finished the season off and had an okay season. First year starting on varsity, um, and then junior year, I just wasn't playing my best lacrosse. I, I got to the spring season and I was having issues clearing the ball. I just didn't feel like I was playing my best lacrosse. And I lost out on that starting position. Now that's your junior year for when I was playing the most important recruiting year. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting on the bench and it was really tough. All my friends were starting, uh, teammates, guys that I, you know, played with all through the youth are now starting on varsity at St. Mary's and I'm sitting on the bench. So that was kind of the turning point for me where I had to look at myself in the mirror and said, how, how do I eliminate that ever happening again? What can I do? What could I have done differently leading into that season? What could I do differently in practice to never sit on the bench? And so at that point, moving forward, I told myself, uh, I'm never going to be a backup again and I'm going to do whatever it takes to be that starter. Um, so I think, Although it was tough at that time, it provided me the, the foundation of my work ethic moving forward, not only in lacrosse, but in life in general, because I felt the lows sitting on the bench, watching your team be successful and feeling like you're not part of it. I know that feeling and it, it's not easy. So, you know, the goalies that are out there that are going through that understand that just because you're not starting one season doesn't mean your career is a flop. You can turn it around. And I think for me, that was kind of the aha moment where I looked at myself and said, I never want to go through this again. So what do I need to do to not make it happen? Yeah, that's such a powerful experience. Um, you know, I, I had a sports psychologist on the podcast and he talked about like a lot of elite athletes have that experience in their life, like Michael Jordan getting cut from his high school team, right? Like they, they have this or whether, you know, you, you not, not earning that starting role, you have this experience where someone tells you like, you're not good enough. And then it just like 
it lights this fire in your belly. And then like you, you just go into this whole new mode um, and, and all of life's decisions become easy. It's like, do I want to go play video games or do I want to go take shots? Well, obviously, right. I want to go take shots, you know? So um, yeah. Embrace that moment. Love Definitely. it. Yeah. Um, well, cool. And then you earn the starting role and then uh, your, I guess your senior year, but, but at that point, like when did they do recruiting? Cause wasn't it like a lot, a lot earlier or, or did you actually commit your senior year to Virginia? Yeah. So that summer in between my junior and senior year, I went to top 205, which I think at that point was the the top recruiting camp. Mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't club teams when I was in high school. It just wasn't around. Yep. It was, you played your high school team and then you played maybe a couple tournaments in the summer recruiting camps. And that was it. So I went to top 205 and I played well. And at that point I got noticed by Dom and that fall, I started getting letters from Virginia and a bunch of other schools. Uh, I mean, I got letters from most of the, most of the top schools, uh, but Dom really at Virginia just was hammering me with the letters. And it was, it was perfect because I knew I didn't even need to go on my recruiting visit. I knew that was where I wanted to go. Right. It was as soon as I could sign it, verbal commit, whatever we needed to do, I was going. And so I let the process play out. And I think at the point where you could make a verbal commitment, I don't, don't remember the exact time. I think it was that summer. Um, end of the summer, I made a verbal commitment to Dom and uh, go to go to UVA. And uh, it was my dream. You know, it was my dream that finally came true. And I knew now I had to put the work in to promise myself that I would never sit on the bench again. So yeah. I was going to a top D1 program with an unbelievable goalie who had just won a national championship. And it, it was it was going to be a battle to, to not sit on the bench. And so I just put my mind and my body and got it ready and, and went there and did everything I could to, to earn that spot. So. Yeah. What does that look like for you training wise? Is that, you know, getting ready? Is it a lot of shots? Are there like particular drills that you'd love to do or what, what does it look like when you say like, you know, I worked really hard to get ready. Yeah. So, you know, out of the gate, it's, it's how do I make myself the best athlete I can be? And that's in the mm -hmm. weight room. Mm -hmm. you know, footwork, agility work. Uh, how do I get stronger? How do I get faster? How do I have increased endurance? So all of that plays a factor, but then it's, how do I become a better goalie? Whether it's breaking down your own game tape or watching other college goalies and what they're doing and how they're doing it. Uh, and then taking it into the field and practicing with my friends. Uh, I had a great group of friends growing up that a lot of them played division one lacrosse and we'd go out and they'd go to the, the Naval Academy and they'd fire balls on me for hours and hours. And, you know, a lot of the success I had in college is, is due to them because the hours we put in both for them getting, you know, their reps in as, as shooters, but also me practicing in the cage uh, allowed me to work on those things that I saw I needed to work on with top quality shooters. So. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So you get to Virginia, then your freshman year does, do you get any like instruction there or does your goalie game change when you get there? Yeah. So my freshman year, we didn't really have a goalie coach my freshman year. Mm -hmm. um, I think my freshman year was Tucker Radabaugh, who obviously is an unbelievable player at Virginia midfielder. Uh, he was our assistant coach. He was the guy who warmed me up. So, you know, although I didn't have direct goalie coaching, I had one of the world's best shooters shooting on me. And that progressed to Dave Curry, who played at Virginia and then in the MLL. Um, and then my sophomore, I think it was my sophomore year, Hannon Wright 
uh, was a goalie at Virginia, a backup there, uh, one of the best people on the planet, great guy. And he really helped me kind of fine tune the position. Although he, he didn't ever start at Virginia, he knew the game. He had studied the game. He was a you know, smart guy. And, and really, he would, him and I would sit down and break down games and what we could be doing better, uh, different training. Um, but honestly, a lot of it goes toward the guys that were shooting on me. Uh, the players at Virginia, but also, you know, Dave Curry, Tucker Attaball. These guys are warming me up every day. We used to have battles, you know, before games, before practice to see, you know, how many saves I could have. And it was that that took my game to the next level because I was seeing the top shooters shoot on me daily. So, yeah, which is which is a great tip for the youth. I mean, I a lot of times goalies ask me, like, should I like play up? And I always recommend, yeah, like as long as, you know, it's safe, right? As long as you're not, you yep. know, a, a super youth trying to play whatever against high school kids. But yep. yeah, playing one level up allows you to see better shooters, better quality yep. lacrosse. And then when you go back to the normal, um, to your normal league, right? Those shots aren't going to seem as quick. So I think that's a really Definitely. good tip. Yeah. Um, so who was the goalie? The, so the goalie that was there, who was a national champ the year before you, who was that? And he, he had graduated uh, or you beat him out? Uh, he spot? was, no, yeah. He, Derek Kenny was his name Derek and Kenny. he, uh, he, uh, won the national championship in 99. I think they lost in the final four in 2000. And he really, he was an unbelievable athlete. He wanted to play midfield at the end of the day. He loved goalie, but he wanted to get out and play midfield. So I don't know many goalies that could go out and play midfield. I mean, I, I know I couldn't, uh, but he he could and he was good. And so I think he he looked at it, the game and said, OK, I like goalie, but I really want to play midfield. So this is a perfect time to transition. So uh, at the start of the fall, my first year, uh, I, I was playing well. And I think the coaches felt like, OK, they can make this transition at that point uh, because Derek really wants to be out on the field. So uh, it was a combination of, I think, him wanting to, to, to get out and play midfield and and the fact that I was playing well when I first got there, that the coaches felt confident enough that they could move on to a freshman uh, to start. Yeah, which is a lot of faith to put in a freshman, right? It's pretty rare to have a four-year starter. Um, I mean, you know, it happens, but it's pretty rare. Um, I'm curious, you know, like goalie is, is a position of, of leadership. Right. And like, I'm always curious, like, how do you as such a young kid come in here and be a leader of this group of men when when you're just a freshman? No question. And and I always I always look back and, it, you know, I had Connor Gill there who, you know, when I was in high school, I was watching on TV saying, oh, my God, this kid's unbelievable. And now I'm playing with him. You mm -hmm. know, Mark Kuntz as a defenseman, these guys that, you know, I was watching on TV when I was in high school and now I'm playing with them and and, and supposed to be directing them uh, from the defensive side. Uh, so I think at the end of the day, listen, I'm not a Ray Ra type of guy in terms of getting the team fired up. I try to lead by example and I try to lead by hard work. I put in in the weight room, on the field, uh, dedication to the program and to the team, uh, staying after for more shots to get better and do whatever I can to help the team. And I think the guy saw that um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it wasn't easy as a freshman. It really wasn't. And uh, I learned a lot, but I think at the end of the day, my work ethic would never have been questioned by any of the players. Uh, and I think they knew that I had the talent to play at that highest level. Uh, and I think they kind of took me under their wing more than me leading them out of the gate. Got it. Yeah. Love it. And your, you know, progression as a goalie, do, do, would you say like, you know, you, from your freshman year all the way to your senior year, you got better or 
you know, was, was it something different? Yep. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think it's interesting. You, everyone says, oh, your 2003 season. Yeah. That's the year we won the championship, mm-hmm. but just because we win a championship doesn't mean that that's the only season you had a good year. Right. And I think, I think at the end of the day, I did get better as the, as the years went on, I learned more. And I think experience was what played that role being in these game scenarios and understanding how to handle certain situations allows you to become a better player and allows you to develop. Um, Yes. I would say probably my best year was 2003. And I think the 2004 when we lost a lot of seniors was a rebuilding year. Mm -hmm. Although I felt like I was playing well that season, we didn't have the outcome we wanted to as a team. So can I look at myself in the mirror and say, Oh, that was one of my better years. No, I can't because I was a captain. We didn't have, you know, a top team that year. And therefore, no matter how many saves I had, it didn't matter. It wasn't a great season for me. So yes, I do think 2003 was probably my best year. <clears throat> I tried to get better every year. And I think I evolved as the years went on from experience being on the field. Yeah. Love it. I'd love to talk about that 2003 season. Um, you know, there's there's only a there's a few NCAA double tournament NCAA two A tournaments where the goalie has taken over, right? Has taken over the tournament. And w- whenever you say that, like 2003, Tillman Johnson comes to mind, right? There's been a handful of other ones, uh, but what like what a tournament? Like, talk to me a little bit about that season and when the tournament started, like. Were you, I mean, were you feeling like you were playing the best lacrosse you've ever played? Or was it one of those things where like, you just got hot real quickly? Yeah, so it was a surreal feeling. It was the first time uh, Final Four was in an NFL stadium. It's in Baltimore, my hometown. Annapolis is 30 minutes south. And I just embraced the opportunity. When I got there, I remember we got there before the final four, we walked around the stadium and I just, I soaked it all in. I said, listen, I get one shot in my life to do this, make the most of it. And uh, as the first game on final four Saturday unfolded, I just felt like I was in this weird zone where the whole, everything slowed down. The ball felt like it was moving slower. The players felt like they were running slower. Excuse me. It just felt like it was a different atmosphere. Mm Mm-hmm. And I carried that through till Monday. I, I just, I just felt like I was so focused and so in the zone that no one could score on me, mm-hmm. even though players did, and, you know, it was great games. It just was a surreal moment. How do you, uh, if I'm going to teach some kid to recre- recreate that magic, what, what do you think, what do you think it's about? Is it about being, I mean, from hearing what you just said about part of it's being relaxed right? Like being in the moment, just kind of like soaking it all in. Um, but I'm curious, like if you're going to teach, you know, a young goalie, how to, how to replicate that magic, what would you say? Yeah. So for me, looking back, it was taking a deep breath and taking it all in before the game started. So trying to visualize myself in the scenario, making these saves, being successful and just relaxing and having fun, Mm -hmm. right? At the end of the day, we play our best lacrosse when we're having fun. And I didn't want to miss out on the opportunity 
to enjoy the experience because I was so worried about making the save Mm -hmm. or so worried about the score. So I think the focus for me was really take it all in, understand this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and let's try to make the most of it and get focused, get in the zone. So how do I get in the zone? I try to remind myself, make the next save, take the deep breath, stay focused throughout the game. And I'll actually talk to myself. I'll tell myself, Tillman, stay focused. Watch the ball, watch the ball, watch the ball. And I think those scenarios allow you to put the blinders on and be completely focused on just the ball, focused on the play developing and not worrying about everything around you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that for me, that was, uh, that was key because that's a tough place to play. I mean, you're in an NFL stadium with tons of fans more than I've ever played against or played in front of. And it's loud. It's intimidating. And so I think at the end of the day, if you can put the blinders on and focus on your job, which is stopping the ball, you can get in that zone. So, yeah, a lot of, well, a lot of kids would take like the opposite approach to that. And they'd be like, Oh, you know, there's all these fans and it's such a big moment, such a big game. And they would kind of like build it up and then get so nervous that they don't play well. Um, And it sounds like, it sounds like you took the opposite, right? And like, yeah, it's a big game, but like, enjoy it, right? Enjoy it and and let's have fun with it. And that's what lacrosse is all about. And that's ironically when goalies play the best, when you're having fun and enjoying it. No question. Yeah. Just a quick message and then we'll get right back to the podcast with Tillman. I don't think I've ever done a mid-show ad read, but I don't want you to miss this. I mentioned it at the beginning. We're doing a fundraiser for the National MS Society. It's a virtual coaching mini camp with Tillman Johnson. This is your chance to learn the foundation of the goalie position from one of the greats, the GOAT, if you will. Tillman's going to be lifting up the hood, giving you his secrets, his techniques that made him an elite lacrosse goalie that also made other goalies, Division I lacrosse goaltenders, including Nick Morocco uh, from Georgetown and the PLL, Tyler Blaisdell from Princeton, and the list goes on and on. It's going to be a live event February 15th and 17th. I'm super pumped. LaxGoalieRat.com slash Tillman if you want to get signed up for that. It's just 49 bucks. Half of all the proceeds are going to go to the National MS Society. It's going to be an awesome event. LaxGoalieRat.com slash Tillman to get your ticket. Cool. Well, I got some, I got some tape. Uh, could I, could I share my screen here? We could talk through. Of some, course. Yeah. yeah perfect. Thought that, thought that'd be kind of fun. Uh, you and I were talking before, uh, before we hit record here. Nothing makes you feel old. Like looking at, um, the, game, the blurry game tape. Film from 2003. <laughs> it's so blurry. <laughs> yeah. They look like stick figures out there. This is great. I know. I know. My, you kid, know uh, my kid watched this and he said, dad, was the TV's black and white when you played? It's, you know, that really makes you feel old. So. Yeah. So just like heading into this game, like what had it been raining all weekend? Like what, like talk to me about like the the conditions. Cause I mean this, some people call this the mud bowl, right. And it is, you can kind of see the conditions uh, are pretty bad and um, are pretty muddy. And so talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think looking back, if I can remember correctly, I think they were going to replace this field at Raven stadium and put the synthetic grass in. So I don't think there was a whole lot of maintenance going into this. And it was pouring down rain all the whole week before. I mm. think it was torrential downpour. The field was a mess. And 
we were game two, if I remember correctly, on on Saturday. So the field was really destroyed. I mean, it was like, you know, they think they were throwing kitty litter or something in the in the center there, and the crease was a mess. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, that kind of played into my game. I always felt like rainy games, for whatever reason, maybe the ball didn't kick up as high, but I was able to have just better games. So it kind of played into my style. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't too worried about it. At the end of the day, I was just trying to enjoy the experience. Yeah, love it. I played a game like this, and um, the the conditions of the field were such that like I could pretty much eliminate bounce shots. Like I knew if there was a bounce shot, like it was just going to stick in the mud. Um, it was yeah. that bad. Did you have that feeling, or, or were you still kind of anticipating all all types of shots? Yeah, no, I didn't change my style in terms okay. of because it was wet. Because it, I remember in warmups, the ball was kicking up, and if you look at some of this footage, I think you can see that <clears throat> the ball does skip up. Mm-hmm. it just it was just different it it it, it didn't get that high bounce it, it stayed kind of knee to waist high so but it 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 skipped across the ground so there's a couple of these shots that kind of skim across the mud um you also get that change in direction right it hits the hits a clump and maybe bounces to the left or the right so you really got to smother that ball almost like a flopping scenario as much as I don't like to teach or coach that you kind of have to flop on this ball on these bounce shots in order to really make this save so yeah. Well, so they open the game. Hopkins wins the wins the face off and this guy takes a shot. You know, that's pretty far out there and it's a bounce yep. shot. And it's almost even from what looks at this angle. Again, we got the we got the blurry camera. It almost looks like it's offline, but that that's got to feel pretty good for you. You know, national championship game, like you get your first save because I don't know how yep. you were as a goalie, but for me like until I got that first save or that the ball hit me, the first touch, like I was a little bit on edge and now that you're, you've made that save. Were you the same way or what would you think about the save here? Yeah. Looking at this, it's, I always like to get the first save. I like games where I'm seeing a lot of shots. If I'm not seeing shots, I always tend to get cold and just, and not play as well. So, you know, the first save being a, a fairly decent shot, even though it was from far out, I mm-hmm. think it kicked up a little bit and making that bounce shot save just got me in the zone, got me in the rhythm. Yeah. Um, I, I knew at this point, <clears throat> I played on Saturday and I was had a good game in, in the semifinals. And I felt like if I could start off strong in this Hopkins game at the beginning of the game, I could maybe carry over some of that momentum. So that first save, I think, was was a critical one for me. And it, it also shakes the nerves a little bit. Anyone who says they're not nervous in a national championship game is, is lying. Right. Um, you know, I was nervous. I didn't want to let my team down. I wanted to, to win this. This was my lifelong goal. So to say I... I I wasn't nervous. This kind of shakes the nerves a little bit and allows you to get focused and start having fun and playing the game. So, yep. Love it. Um, let's take a look at this save right here. Cause this is a great one. Led by really Kevin Boland, who is tremendous with his vision of the field. Kyle Berry driving the right. He's going to spin and shoot. Picked up easily by Tim Johnson. He looks for the outlet pass. Cannot. To me, that's how you know you're, you're seeing it pretty well. I mean, that's that's a pretty good, for those who are just listening to the audio, the guy drives around from X and, you know, sure shoots, it's good defense. Like, you know, he gives a, he gives a last minute shove, so he's falling away from the goal, but he shoots it low to high um, and yep. it's going for the corner and you are right on it with a great explosive step. I mean, that is, you know, that is goaltending one-on-one, right? Like explode to the ball, cut off the angle, drive that top hand. Um, anything else about this save you want to mention? 
Yeah, I appreciate it, David. It, it, it was just, you know, it's it's what we do every day. It's an offside high save, and I just tried to see the ball under the stick and make it. Um, you know, definitely great defensive play there. You can see he pushed him out, and, and I was just seeing the ball at that point, uh, an easy offside high save. And then I think, I don't know if someone hit my stick or I just threw a terrible outlet, probably probably the latter threw a terrible outlet. <laughs> and I could, uh, you know, missed obviously by our defenseman and, and, you know, obviously possession now back to Hopkins. So uh, for every, every good deed you do or a good save, there's always the, the negative you can pull out in this, which is a terrible outlet. So, yeah, I didn't, it, the camera kind of cuts to you at a close-up, So I didn't know if he dropped it or if it was a bad outlet pass, but I was going to yeah, say, I'll take, I'll take the blame on that one. I think, I don't know. Based, look, based, look on on this, based on this look right here, I'm saying he dropped it, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. That's funny. I love it. <laughs> um, the other thing, you know, you got the 10 diamond mesh going there in, in your stick. And I don't know if you've, if you've seen recently, but like the 10 diamond mesh is making a resurgence. Uh, the, there's a company called mesh dynasty just came out with a, with the 10 diamond mesh. Um, you know, but, but you were one of the first ones to, to, that I ever saw anyways, to, to use it. Um, and I'm, you know, what, what was your experience with it or why'd you go with that product? Yeah. So I just, I don't really, honestly, I, I'll be lying if I said I knew why I switched to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the, the the regular mess, the original mess that I had in my stick, the smaller little diamonds. I just felt like I could never control the ball as well. I could never keep it in like the sweet spot of the stick. You know, so I felt like this provided me the ability to make the save, control the rebound a little bit better, but then be able to get a, a, a decent outlet out. Um, so I just felt like more for control purposes and less rebounds, this mesh just worked better for me. So got it. Yeah. And what about these helmets? Were these new for that, for that year? I think it's, I think it's like a C pro if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, but I, I mean, I played also in 2003 and we had the normal like cascade C twos, I think, or they, they were, yep. uh, but were these new for that year? Cause it just, you know, the Tillman Johnson look like this is just, it's just awesome. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I don't, I'm not even sure. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know the model of the helmet. Um, you know, we, we show up there in our lockers, we throw it on our head and we go play. That's, that's kind of how it unfolds. So um, it's, it's funny, you know, I, I was never a huge, a huge equipment guy. Yeah. You know, if you, if you look at that shaft and I, I know when we won the championship, this was in one of the articles, but that shaft I'm playing with there was my original shaft from youth lacrosse. Wow. Um, I still have it. It's, you know, I, I just, it was an original STX titanium plus, I think one of them actually fractured at a camp and, and injured a kid, uh, but, and they discontinued it, but that was my original titanium shaft that I used all through high school, middle school, college pro still have it today. So that's awesome. How about the eye black? Did you always wear eye black for games? I did, you know, and, and it's funny because <clears throat> looking back, I was a very much a ritual routine type of player where I did the same thing every time before I started and laced up the cleats. Um, it was, you know, tape my wrist a certain way, put my pads on same way every time, cleats on the same way, eye black on. And then I'd handle a lacrosse ball just in my hands. I'd just hold mm-hmm. on to a lacrosse ball and I'd kind of juggle it back and forth. And I'd work on just keeping my eye on the ball. So whether it's talking to my teammates, whether it's walking around, grabbing a drink of water before the game, stretching out, I keep that ball in my hands and I just have my eyes focused on it the whole time just to really train my eyes to pick up the white lacrosse ball. And that was my routine. That was my ritual. And when the eye black goes on and the pads go on the certain way, you know, it's time to play. 
it's it's time to forget about everything else in your life going on and focus on making saves and, and helping your team win. So for me, the eye black was just kind of a, a, a finishing touch to knowing that it's, it's game time. Love it. Love it. Uh, 243. I love the announcers, man. They get so pumped, but this is, this is uh, a great, this is a great save. You might be man. Yeah. You're, sort of uh, like the penalty had just expired. So you guys are man down. He catches it right on the crease. I mean, wide open. It looks like you sort of take a, I mean, you take a little, or talk me through the save if you could. Yeah. So if, if uh, it looks like, obviously there's someone wide open in the crease. Uh, it looks like we're man down here, I think. And mm -hmm. he just releases it quickly. I think it probably bounces off my chest. Honestly, I don't know how great of a shot it was. If it was just that I was in good position and it, it hits me. Um, and uh, try to control that rebound so it doesn't bounce out of the crease. And then uh, I don't, if I make a bad outlet here, I don't know if you keep it going. Nope, that, good outlet. That Get one's it up money. And out. That one's yeah, money. I think that one, <laughs> I think that one hit me in the chest though. And I'd, uh, I'd like to take credit for a great save there, but I think it was just good position and probably a, a shot that player wishes they, they got back. Yeah, well, this is a lacrosse goalie podcast, so you're always going to get credit for uh, anytime a ball hits you because because a lot of it is the positioning, right? Like if you're yeah. not square and out a little bit on him and square to that to the shot, like you don't make that save. So let's not let's yeah, not take no away, question, not take away. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's check out this one. Goal game. Now Barry Ford. On the near side, Doniger far side, one out of three on the extra man. Up top to Barry, and look at the save by Tillman Johnson. He puts it right back into Barry's stick. He might eat this one, and he takes another save. <laughs> I love it. I love that sequence uh, so much. Thank uh, you. Yeah, one of the things in this clip, you can really hear your your communication. Like, I don't know if they've got the goals mic'd up, but like, I mean, you're as loud as the, almost as loud as the announcer, right behind, right behind. Um, you know, was that a big part? Was that a big part of your goalie game, that communication? It was. I mean, and, and listen, it's this is a loud stadium. This was, it wasn't easy to hear. And uh, Hopkins was the home team here <clears throat> being in Baltimore. And it wasn't, it was, it was, it was tough. So you really had to be loud. So, uh, you know, obviously you can hear it from here. I don't know. I don't remember if the goals were mic'd or not, but you can hear me calling where the ball is talking about the slides or who's hot. Um, and as this, this play unfolds, you know, you can see the score, I think is eight, five there. It's so blurry. You can't really even tell, but I think it's eight, five. So it's, it's fourth quarter. It's a turning point, right? They could, they could score here. Now it's eight, six. And, and I think this is, this is, a critical save to kind of preserve this win, uh, even though there's 13 minutes left. And listen, this this unfolded not how I wanted, right? I made the first save. I should have had a better outlet. I mean, that that's a that's kind of a a, a long range shot there, stick side high. I should have had that save, but then I throw it right back to the guy. I mean, what did you do? I, I'm I'm looking at myself thinking, you know, you just cost yourself a goal here. And so at this point, it's it's fight or flight, it's survival. And so I just see him get the ball here and I just, whatever I need to do, if I need to sell out my entire body, I'll do it. And you can see, I just watch the eyes of the stick. I try to hold on that first fake and I see his hands drop and I just try to lay into a split, make that save. And then I rebound and I see a guy right there. I think it was Bobby Benson right there. And he just 
throws it right to the top of the net, try to go over me and I just explode up. And, and fortunately I think get a piece of it with my stick. Uh, and, and that was it rebound goes behind. And I think they get the ball after, if I remember correctly, or maybe, maybe our defenseman runs it out. Um, yeah. but this, this play, you know, when you look back, everyone says, Oh, that, that three save sequence, like that's great. I didn't want it to unfold this way. This all occurred <laughs> because I made an awful pass out of the crease, you I know? See. And so it's as much as I love this, this save sequence. And I'm, you know, it, it wasn't, it was for me, probably one of the highlights of my career making these three saves, mm-hmm. you know, if you really break it down, like you and I are now, uh, it never should have occurred if I had made a better pass, but it happened. And I recovered. I never gave up on the play. I never gave up on the ball. Uh, I recovered and I, I, I tried to stop that, that one-on-one on the crease and then got the lucky save on the last one. <laughs> I love it. See, now, now beyond, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say you did the goalie's dream of he, he, he takes a bad shot and you throw it right back to him and be like, shoot it <laughs> on again, purpose. son. On shoot purpose, it again, right? Just, yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. Um, how did you not go for this fake right here? I mean, to me, like, you know, you're so pumped up. He's right on the crease. He throws a high fake and nothing, nothing. Yeah. And you're right on it. You know, I, I, I teach a lot of the goalies I work with to, to hold on the first fake. I mean, if you, if you break down a shooter, the, most shooters try to get you to move, right? So they're going to throw that fake, whether it's a stick fake, a head fake, uh, some sort of movement to get you to, to either drop your stick, drop your body, move to the left, move to the right. And so I always tried to focus on holding on that first fake and then matching up center line of my body on the eyes of their stick. And you can see, I kind of dropped down center line of my body on the eyes of his stick. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but this comes from, you know, playing in the backyard with buddies. This comes from, you know, there's a, there's a law in practice and your attackman grabs a ball and he throws a couple fakes and you try to match up stick for stick and, and practice that one-on-one save. So I think doing that in practice and, and trying to create these scenarios, in the backyard, working out with your friends, allow you to make these saves in a big time game like this. Yeah. The other thing too, is there's some debate in the goalie community about whether you go down to your knees or stay on your feet. And this is sort of a textbook reason as to why you stay on your feet, right? Because yep. you're able to get right back in position and make this third save. And if you, you know what, if you're on your knees, like you might not, you might not get there. Um, yep. So no I question. always coach stay on the feet. I, do, you, do you coach that as well? I do. I try to eliminate flopping even though you know uh, i had a tendency to do that at times um, <laughs> do as i say scena- do, do as i yeah. say not as i do <laughs> <Yeah. right? laughs> exactly in this scenario you know i really did want to stay on my feet and i try to teach that as best you can because it allows you to recover if you give up a rebound yeah. or if you need to make that that next save uh, yeah just to get set again yeah the hopkins guy's in the crease by the way i i think they got i know i, think, I never I noticed got- that i just saw that now <laughs> <laughs> I think they got so pumped up in the uh, in, in the heat of the That's moment funny. that they like. I just totally, saw, I just noticed that now too. That's they, hysterical. They totally missed it, but you make yep, the save yep. and he gets out of there. So oh, I think you guys funny. do win this ground ball. No, yeah, they get it back. So um, there's another. Hold on, I think I missed one of the best saves. I don't the uh, capable of stinging the hot tillman. Now we saw that one. So do you, do you guys, do you end up shutting them out in the, in the first quarter? Because the kind of the end of the first quarter and in, in, in the whole second quarter is missing in this game, in this tape. Yeah. And I'm embarrassed to say, I don't remember. I really don't. <laughs> I, 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 uh, 
I, I don't know. I don't All remember good. if we shut him out. I don't, I don't think we did, yeah. uh, but I think it was kind of a back and forth, a uh, couple goals here, a couple goals there. Uh, but I don't think we, we shut him out the first half. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, that next save is, is coming up. You sent me this. I think it's coming up in a second. Yeah. The other question while I'm the, trying to, while I'm trying to find this is, you know, Hopkins goalie, uh, Rob Scherer also had a great game and great game. Yeah. Are you, you know, does that kind of inspire you or are you not even paying attention to what the other goalie's doing on the other end? Uh, I mean, you try not to, but you know, I knew going into this game, this was going to be difficult. I played against Rob in high school. He's a great goalie, great guy. And I knew this was going to be a battle. And, uh, you know, when he makes a save, like right there, you know, I try to block that out. I don't want it to psych me up. I don't want it mm -hmm. to, uh, to take me off of what I need to do, which is to focus on my game and focus on making the save. So, uh, at the end of the day, he did have a great game and this could have gone, this could have gone the other way easily. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, nothing to be taken away from him. I mean, he, he played very well. Uh, sometimes things just evolve differently. And, and I was fortunate enough to get the WR team played just, you know, a little bit better and made a couple extra plays and that's it. That's the difference. But uh, he had a great game. And at the end of the day, uh, I try to not look at what they're doing um, down at the other end of the field. Caught him in the chest. Oh, <laughs> there's another angle of it so this to me is like the pinnacle of goalie athleticism where johnson these two goalies going toe to toe but johnson wins this round clearly it doesn't get any better than that folks that that's right quint that's right uh, ex-goalie right uh, there you know <laughs> uh so if you're listening just to the audio it's it's that classic save where you know you on this in this case you do bite on that first fake because you kind of have to like he's coming you know he's got the ball and he's top center right on the crease yeah. throws throws a high fake you go for it and then you stretch out across over your body and make that save and wow unbelievable what was well, going thanks. through your head of, what was going through your head with that save yeah i mean i just i just tried to really focus on the eyes of the stick there uh and just keep my composure uh i did bite on that first that first fake because I did assume with the defenseman trailing him that he was just going to run across the crease and, and, and let one rip. Mm -hmm. So I, I did bite on that first. And then when he didn't shoot, I, I, I just kept on it. I just kept fighting to get to that position and, and get my stick on his stick without uh, coming out and, and playing him. So you can see there, I I'm, I'm kind of kicking my leg out to maybe get a piece of it with my leg or my calf. And then uh, my stick comes over and, and fortunately I'm matching up stick for stick and he shoots it right into my, into my head. So, yeah. Now, is that a, is that a save you had made before where you kind of jump and then, you know, acrobatically contort your body in the air? Well, it's funny that the Saturday against Maryland, I don't know, there was a, there was a save I have where there's a guy uh, on the crease. I think he throws three or four fakes. I go up, I go down, I go up and then I explode up and get it on the third or fourth, um, fake and it was a similar kind of scenario where it was just in the zone you know it was it was following the stick right position whatever it was it was just able to to to, to explode and make that final stretch to get that save um so saturday there was a similar save like this uh, on the crease from a maryland player and so you know i felt like like i told you in the beginning the game slowed down so when everything slows down you have the ability to to get those hands out and make that kick save and and get your body on that ball. So, yeah, love it, love it. 
Um, let's see here. So I think we went through all the saves, but you know, for maybe there's one more five. Big defense overall. As you see Kyle Harrison pushing hook at the shot, and it's just this time it's Tillman Johnson who's fresh. Love it. Kyle Harrison, the legend. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doing his iconic shot, right? Yeah, his, his, his move right there. His move, his jump shot, pretty close, pretty close range, yep. hands free. Um, and boom, I think it, I think it catches you in the head, but you got to be feeling I think pretty, it good, does. Yeah. pretty good at that point. Right. Eight to five. I mean, that's, these are huge saves, right? Like these, the, if they score here, like they're right back in the game. Yeah. And, and you talk about momentum in a game, right. And they score here, the momentum shifts, the fans go crazy. Hopkins just scored. It's eight, six. Uh, so, you know, you're doing whatever you can just to stop a run. And that's mm-hmm. the game of lacrosse is runs. And if I can make a save off my head to stop that run, I'll do it. You know, looking back at Kyle, he's, you know, one of the best to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at this move, you said it, this is his iconic move, that jump shot, kind of a high to high shot. And, you know, this goes, this, this saves credit to the coaches for Virginia, you know, Dom Starja, Mark Van Arsdale, Hannon, Dave Curry, these guys, these guys scouted him and they knew this. And, and this was in our scouting report. And so, you know, I knew that if Kyle Harrison comes down the side that I probably should stay high, stay big and, and try to uh, cover the, the top part of the net. Mm-hmm. Don't bite low on that. So I really tried to hold my ground with him as he's coming down that alley. And uh, when that shot's released, just explode up and was fortunate enough to get a piece of it with my head, I think. Yep. And then, the, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's a fist pump. It's, it's, are you saying anything at this point or, or is your, is your the way to pump your team more, you know, with your gestures? Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm just so amped up. It's, yeah. it's the national championship. It's, it's eight, five, it's, you know, six minutes left and everything I've worked for my whole life since I was four years old comes down to this six minutes and 30 seconds, my whole, everything I've worked for. And, and it's tough to keep those emotions inside. Um, it really is. And so I think this was a combination of getting the team fired up, but I was just ecstatic at this point. I knew I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. I could see that this national championship was within reach and, and I was seeing the ball well, and I felt confident and I felt like we could get there as a team. And if I could, you know, get my middies a little bit more fired up to run the clock out, you know, at this point, you're thinking, God, please just get the ball over the midfield line and and have the guys run around in circles until the clock runs out. You know, right. you just want to try to preserve this win. Um, so you, just trying to get the guys fired up. But also, you know, at this point, it's it's tough to hold the emotions back. You know, you just have to let it loose because this is this has been a lifelong dream to win this. That Love point. it. Love it. Yeah, I should mention this is the pre shot clock era. So, you know, you could <clears throat> yep. easily have a good four or five minute possession. Um, definitely so well awesome that all accumulates you know with you guys winning the national championship nine to seven final score so for somebody like myself who's never won a national championship how, how do you describe the feeling when 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 the clock hits double zeros yeah I mean it was you know it, it, it almost brings you to tears still today it's it's you're with 40 of your closest friends right that you've the blood, sweat, and tears you put in together. I mean, you can see it on, on Hunter's face there. The blood, sweat, and tears you put together, the, the countless hours of sprints and weight room work and, and everything we've sacrificed in college to, to get to this point, it's all come to fruition. It's all happened. And there's a lot of great teams that never 
get this chance to hold that trophy up that never get the chance to celebrate with their teammates like this. And so it's, it's the emotion is just, it's tough to describe. It's, it's everything you've worked for as a kid. You know, I don't know other sports. It's, it's winning the Super Bowl for football, for lacrosse. It's winning the national championship in college lacrosse. That's, that's the pinnacle in my eyes of, of, of the game. And if you can do that, you've hit the pinnacle. And it, I think all the emotion involved, everything we've sacrificed, it just, it's, it's tough to wrap your head around. It really is. So, um, you know, and you, you look back now, God, how many years is it? I'm 20 plus years now. And, and the day still is ingrained in my mind as, as, as clear as yesterday, Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the winning it and the celebration with the teammates and, and just kind of everything we've worked so hard for coming full circle. Love it. Well, congratulations. Congratulations, Tillman. That is awesome. Um, you know, not only that, uh, it inspired this whole generation of goalies. I can't tell you the number of goalies I've had on this show. When I asked that question, you know, who are your inspirations? You said, you said, you said batch, right? Batch of Galupo. They say Tillman Johnson and they, and they reference that game. So there's this whole generation of goalies who saw that and they're like, wow, that's what this position's all about. Like I'm in. Um, so thank you. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah. awesome. That means a lot. You know, it really does. It, it's listen, I, I play this game because I loved it. It's a, it's a great game. And when you're in that scenario, you never think that kids are going to look up to you to that degree. Uh, so hearing that, you know, that, it means a lot because, you know, it was, it was me out there giving everything I had and really having fun with it. So mm -hmm. Well, I love it. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Tillman. This was tons of fun. Um, yeah, thanks, you, Damon. Appreciate I remember you, you were doing some coaching. I think we chatted before we hit record. Uh, you're kind of focusing on the family now. Are any plans to yeah. get back into coaching or are we going to stick with the stick yeah, with the so family? I'm coaching, I'm coaching. I'm coaching my eight year old, you know, you I have a son who's a goalie now. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun coaching him. You know, I tried to keep him out of the net and not go through the same bruises and pains I went through, but he loves it. He really wants to play goalie. So I have an eight-year-old I'm coaching. I'm doing uh, the Massachusetts club program up in uh, Boston area with him. And then he's playing town in Duxbury. So that's kind of my focus right now. Nice. Um, as they get older and get out of the house, I might get back into coaching other kids, but right now it's really focusing on them. Awesome. Uh, what's his name? We'll be on the lookout for him. It's Tillman. Tillman as well. Yeah. Tillman, Tillman Jr. Johnson. All yeah. right. Yeah. Man, we got, Tillman we got Jr. another, we got another Tillman in the goal. We'll I love the it. <laughs> how are you, um, how are you coaching him? Is it, is it just this, the, the exact same things that you've learned? Or are you taking some new, some sort of, you know, I guess some new, new techniques because I mean, the, the games changed quite a bit since you and I played yeah. in college. Right. Yeah. And I'm curious if you see goalies, how they play today versus how you played you know, but back in that tape that we just watched and have you like stolen anything from these modern goalies? Yeah, a little bit. I would say, listen, if it's not broke, don't fit, don't change it. Right. And, mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, my style might not be perfect, but it worked for me. Uh, it worked for, you know, Nick Morocco, uh, who plays in the PLL and played at Georgetown was one of the first goalies I worked with in, in Duxbury. Um, and I had a bunch of kids go on to play division one lacrosse. So the model I, I teach works. Um, yes, you try to include some newer things, but really at the end of the day, at this age, coaching my son, it, it's basic fundamentals mm -hmm. and I'm dad first, you know, I'm dad first. And, and I always say, I don't put pressure on him. If he wants to go out and throw the ball or practice, you know, we'll do it, but it's, uh, it's up to him if he wants to do it. You know, I'm not putting the pressure on him. 
to get out there. So I want him to enjoy it. I want him to have fun. Um, <clears throat> when he goes to the town practice or his, his club program, you know, I do try to teach the fundamentals that were taught to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I pass down what I was taught and, and tweak it a little bit to each individual player's game and, and try to give them all the tools that were given to me and let them kind of run with it on their own. Love it. Uh, real quick comment. Nick Morocco is awesome. By the way, I had him on the show. He's great guy, amazing goalie, but yeah, just a great guy. He, he's awesome. Yep. Um, and so do you got, do you have Tillman jr padded up? I don't, you know, I keep them the same way you and I play, you know, he's got a helmet cup, glove, mm-hmm. chest pad. <clears throat> At the end of the day, if, if, if you don't feel comfortable at that age, getting in the cage and taking balls off the leg, then you, it's probably not for you. So I, I always say, you know, the younger goalies, I get it. Mom and dad want to throw some shin pads on them or some football pants or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at the end of the day, you're in the goal to be a goalie and you got to understand that there's consequences hopping in the net and that's getting hit with the ball. <clears throat> and I think you start adding pads, it slows down your mobility. It slows down your quickness. And my game was really about foot and hand speed. And if, if you start putting shin pads and, and pants on, then it, it, it just slows everything down. So no, he's in the, he's in the basic stuff. And we had practice the other night and I plucked one off his arm and, you know, I felt terrible. It's dad hitting his kid and, you know, he started to have a tear in his eye and, and muscles right through it, you know? So it's uh, he's a tough kid. He really enjoys it. And, you know, I just try to give him all the tools I had to go out there and have fun, maybe get an experience like that in, in his life at one point. Got it. Well, that's one point we do disagree on, but that that's 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 quite all right. I'm I'm, dig, I'm, dig, I'm digging the padding, but hey, you are okay. okay. Um, I have a question for you about kind of like yeah. being a dad um, yep. and being a goalie dad, because there's a lot of um, lacrosse goalie moms and dads. I mean, the sport is has has grown tremendously, right? And so mm-hmm. what you get is now, you know, their your your son or your daughter comes home and you go, and they say, hey, I want to be the goalie. I want to be you know, I want to be the goalie of the team and they've never even played lacrosse, like let alone been a goalie themselves. And so, you know, they watch their kid get hit with these balls and they're like, especially the moms, I imagine more than the dads, but they're like, you know, it, 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 they're going crazy on the sideline because their kids getting shot on. What, What advice do you have to those parents? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, listen, we, we want to keep our kids safe. We don't want to see our kids get hurt. Uh, we, but, at the end of the day, this is a game where the ball is going to hit you as a goalie and you got to come to grips with the reality of the position. And unfortunately it's not like hockey goalie or even box lacrosse where you're covered in pads and you know, it doesn't hurt. I mean, there's, there's bad bruises you get and, and, and you can break thumbs and there's a lot of issues that come with playing goalie health issues in terms of your legs, arms, thumbs, et cetera. Um, but I think the mom and dad watching is the kid's going to be fine. He's going to recover, especially at the youth level. The, the shots mm-hmm. aren't hard enough. Right. You know, it might hurt. You might get a tear out of him, but it's, it's, it's a building moment for him. And if he's truly meant to be in the cage, he's going to take that moment. And yeah, he might have a little tear in his eye, but he's going to fight through it and, and move on to the next save and, and really use that as a motivation to, get better. Right. Cause if you're better, you're making the save with your stick. And I always tell the goalies, if, if, if you're, you're moving to the ball the right way and you're, you're saving it correctly, it's going to hit your stick, not your body. So at the end of the day, it is tough to watch as a parent, but you know, that's part of the game and, and you got to kind of come to reality with it. Yep. Love it. 
Love it. Well, Tillman, like I said, thank you so much for coming on. Just kind of talking yeah, us through thanks, your David. experience. Um, you know, you're one of the goalie legends and it's, it's an honor to, uh, to talk to you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. It's been fun. If you had to leave the goalies out there with a final piece of advice, what would that be? Enjoy the game. You know, I think this game, and I take this from, from Dom Starge is this game has provided me so many more opportunities than, than just the sport. The friendships I've created through the game, respect the game because it'll provide you a lot. So friendships, work opportunities, travel around the world, uh, just just different unique experiences all due to the game of lacrosse. So, you know, I think for the younger generation is respect the game and it will respect you. And that's that's a direct quote from Dom Starja. And he always preached that to us. And and I try to do that today is respect the game and it will respect you. Tillman, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Damon. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tillman Johnson going through some of the plays from the 2003 National Championship. Just awesome, awesome stuff. Hope you learned a few things that you can incorporate into your own game. And remember, Tillman Johnson live two-day minicamp, February 15th, February 17th. This is going to be an amazing event. He is as I mentioned in the intro ad read, teaching so many of the awesome things that made him so great, his pyramid of success, big eyes, pregame prep, how to get in the zone, how to make one-on-one saves. I can't wait for this event. It's going to be awesome. It's a fundraiser for the National MS Society, so proceeds will go directly to that amazing cause that Tillman is so pumped uh, for, for helping, all right? So we're going to learn amazing things and benefit an awesome cause. Win-win, if you ask me. Just 49 bucks. You can get it at laxgoldyrat.com slash Tillman. That's laxgoldyrat.com slash Tillman, T-I-L-L-M-A-N. Laxgoldyrat.com slash Tillman. That event starts February 15th, 7 p.m. Eastern, and I hope to see you there. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.